Hello, everyone, and we are back, and we're back with the new style WTA show here on Betting Weekly. It's Betting Weekly WTA, and I'm delighted to say joining me is our WTA handicapper. It's Rory Girani. Happy to New Year, Rory. Happy Christmas. Happy holidays. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thank you. Happy New Year to you and and all our all our viewers. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and listeners, of course, of the podcast. It's uh, yeah, a very early start to the year for women's tennis. We're still in just about in 2023, although I guess if you're in Australia or New Zealand, it's it's already New Year. But um, for us, yeah, we, we're underway and uh, it's an exciting season ahead. You've got some returning stars, a couple returning from childbirth, and we've got, well, you know, Igor Sviantec, world number one. And we've got two tournaments straight away. Uh, and in just a couple of weeks, we'll have the Australian Open. So we're hitting the ground running and uh, it's going to be very exciting. 2024. It is. Um, we thought that Igor Schwantek was going to run away with it. We saw Coco Goff, the emergence of Coco Goff at the US Open. We saw Sabalenka. We saw Ribikina, who didn't have a great season, but she's always going to be a danger. We saw Von Drusifer win at Wimbledon. So it's going to be a very interesting year in the women's game. And we've spoken many times before about Igor Schwantek being a dominant player. Does she go into this year as the dominant player still? I think so. Uh, I think her victory at the WTA finals. Um, proved that she's the best player. She's been working on some stuff in the off-season. Um, she was very impressive. She's playing in the United Cup, the mixed team tournament in Australia at the moment. And um, she's been working on her serve. She, her service motion is different. It's kind of a bit more rounder um, rather than sort of straight up and down. Probably hasn't explained it very well. But I think she's trying to get a bit more pop on her serve. We saw the tail end of last season. She was working on coming into the net a bit more. So, and and she's spoken about how she wasn't that keen on being, almost keen on being world number one first time round. She, I don't think she was ready for the for the tag, if you like. Whereas this time, having reclaimed it at the WTA finals in Cancun from Arena Sabalenka, she seems much happier with that status. And and it feels like she's you know working to go even further clear of the rest, which which is always encouraging. And and she's going to need to. And obviously, you've mentioned those names, but Naomi Osaka's back, which I'm really excited about. She's back from childbirth. She looks pretty good in practice. Um, we'll get a proper view of her in Brisbane, um, the WTA 500 tournament, which is just getting underway. Um, but very excited to see her back. Um, of course, she won two Australian Opens, two US Opens uh, before she took her break. Uh, she did have a few sort of mental health issues as well. Um, uh, I remember on French Open, she uh, she she left the tournament. She quit the tournament. Um, and But she seems refreshed. She's back. So it'd be very interesting to see. Obviously, Angelique Kerber's returning as well, um, although she is 35. I don't expect her to be as threatening as she was uh, before her break. But... Um, We've got the likes of Alina Svitolina, Caroline Wozniacki, who came back last season as well. Um, so they'll have stepped up their their, their comebacks. Um, so it's yeah, it's 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 a, it's a season where there are, feel like there were quite a few unknowns at the start of it, and obviously they've had a break, which hasn't been that long actually. It's only been a couple of months since the WTA finals, but uh, we're straight back into it. But hopefully, we'll get some pointers towards that first Grand Slam of the season. Not only have we got the comebacks, and there's a lot of comebacks, we've got some real young talent emerging as well. So young 16, 15-year-old kids going through 
Uh, obviously, Andreeva is the one that everyone's talking about, the, the absolutely unbelievable Russian talent. Um, but we're going to come on to some names to follow in 2024 a little bit later on in the show. Uh, just to give you a little bit of a heads up, what we're going to do this year here on Betting Weekly WTA Show, each week, myself and Roy are going to be going through the outright market. So what we're going to do here, we're going to preview the draw, look in depth into the draw, look at the players that you want to follow, hi highlight some picks at some big prices, and follow people on tournament winner. So BetRivers do offer that on their website. And under the futures, you'll see the WTA events. And we'll be giving a pick who we think will win the tournament, progress through the tournament. As the tournament goes on, on our socials, we will probably have some match picks. So as the tournament goes on, we might have a better day and check out the socials. Give us a subscribe on Because We Win and also at Bet Rivers uh, Sportsbook on their social pages on Instagram and on uh, Twitter. And that's where you'll see the match bet. So this show we're going to do here each week is highlighting the best value on the outright markets. And you'll remember as well, Bet Rivers are one of the only sports books across America to offer each way betting. And in tennis, each way betting is fantastic when you've got one-sided draws. And this week we do have a couple of lopsided draws. And let's start off the action in Brisbane. Um, Last year, we didn't have a very good year, Roy, to be fair, at least on some of our picks. But we did start off with a winner here, didn't we? Didn't we, 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 pick, we picked Sabalenka to win the tournament. She went on the Wonder Tournament. She was a much bigger price than she is today. She's 2-1 to one today to, to replicate that and win back-to-back -back tournaments in Brisbane. But before we go into the betting and before we break down the draw, what are the conditions like uh, over there in Australia and Brisbane? We've seen some action already in round one. You've watched a bit of tennis. What do you think of the court speed? Well, one thing to say is that Sabalenka did win the sort of corresponding tournament last year, but it was in Adelaide. So if, if there were two Adelaide tournaments last year and Sabalenka won the first one and she was, I think she was eight to one plus 800 to, to win it. And she did. Um, but now they've moved to Brisbane um, and Adelaide is next week, um, last week before the Australian Open. The interesting thing is that all of these warm-up tournaments and in, in, in Australia and at Auckland, uh, which is happening this week as well, uh, they all they're all on green set, and and that's the same surface as for the Australian Open. Um, I think they took over in 2020 from Plexi Cushion, uh, which was really quick. Green set is fairly quick, but the interesting thing, looking at last season's stats and seeing some of the early action from Brisbane, um, is that it's quick, and green set. It's variable because I think it's more more of a sort of layer on top of whatever's underneath. So it kind of depends what's underneath as to how quick it is. And obviously you've got the conditions, the balls. So there are a lot of factors involved in the court speed. But last year, pretty much all the warm-up tournaments played a lot quicker than the Australian Open, with the exception of Hobart, which was slower. So Auckland and Adelaide 1 last year had 70% service hole percentages. Adelaide 2 had 74.6% service hole percentage, which is one of the quickest on the calendar. Uh, whereas Australian Open was only 65.7. So these tournaments, with the exception of Hobart, which I think is next week as well, um, all of these tournaments are quicker than the Australian Open. And watching some of the qualifiers, watching a bit of the action this morning, um, it's quick. I mean, the big servers are going to have a good time here. Um, and... The last previous Brisbane International was in 2020, which was the first year on green set. Carolina Pliskova won her third title in Brisbane. The previous two were on the quicker flexi-cushion surface. So, again, everything points to it being a tournament for the big servers and the big hitters. And I can see someone like, a really good server like Yelena Rivakina, having a great time here. Sabalenka, if her serve's working, 
should be in her favour. Lyudmila Samsonova, big server, she's got a good chance here. But it's definitely in favour of the bigger servers. And, and as far as the weather's concerned, high 20 Celsius, so that equates to about low 80s Fahrenheit, mid 80s Fahrenheit. A, a fair bit of rain due the next couple of days. Friday's forecast looks terrible. Um, so there could be a fair bit of disruption um, to the uh, playing schedule over the next few days. Uh, check out the schedule. Check out the the odds with Bet Rivers. Let's have a look at the outright market as we stand now. But before we go on to that, we'll give you some prices and give us where positions in the draw. So in the top half of the draw, we have the tournament favourite, Zabalenka. She's the two-to-one favourite. Second favourite is the number two seed, Rabakina, plus 450. The two of them battled out the early part of last year uh, in some spectacular matches. Third favourite, then this is incredible. The third favourite here is Andriva, the, the young. She's 17 now, isn't she? 17. She's she's a 10 to 1 chance to win the tournament here up against those two big hitters, powerhouses. Again, a real interesting market here. Naomi Ozarka, do we really know what to expect from Ozarka? She's 14 to 1, fourth favourite. Collins, 14 to 1. Samsonofer, you mentioned at 14 to 1. Kazakina, 16. Ostapenka, 20. Kenning 20 and Kudometeva at 22. Uh, they are the list of betting. If we look at the draw, the top half of the draw, Pit Sabalenka, and really you look at the draw, she's got a very, very relatively on paper, a pretty easy run through to the final, really, when you think about it. Um, Ozarka is, is, a, is a threat. She's a wild card. Ostapenka is in there, and Azarenka is in there as well. But really on that top half of the draw, apart from Sabalenka, there isn't really much there, is there? I agree. I, I think. Osaka, I'm as, as I mentioned earlier, I'm very interested. I'm very interested in her for the Australian Open, actually, because she, she is the player. She's a player who, before her baby break, she never really did too much in the normal tournaments, but in the Slam, she'd raise her game. And I think she'll obviously this is her first tournament back. She'll be sort of feeling her way back. I, I don't expect too much from her in this tournament, but come the Australian Open, I think she's a genuine contender. I really do. Um, but as you say, that top half, yeah, Ostapenko, probably the biggest threat. Kazakina's number five, five seed, Daria Kazakina. Courts are going to be a bit quick for her. She's she's going to be overpowered. Um, I, it's very hard to see anyone beating Sabalenka, to be honest. I mean, I've got her path to the final here. First up will be Lucia Bronzetti or Ashlyn Kruger, uh, the American who had some really good performances on grass last year, but but shouldn't be able to live with Sabalenka. Then either Danielle Collins or, or Liju, Kazakina possibly in the quarterfinals, and then possibly Osaka or Ostapenko in the semis. I mean, it's not a difficult route. I think, you know, what is her price? It's plus 200? Yeah. It's tempting. It is tempting. And, and now that all these players as well, first tournament back, they've had a bit of a break. You, you could see in the WTA finals that you know, the hard season had affected some of them. Not Sviontek, obviously, because she steamrolled everyone pretty much. But, you know, you could see the Rybakinas and Sabalenkas were sort of looked like they were feeling the effects of the season. Fresh, we saw Sabalenka win first field, a bit like horse racing. We saw her win first time out last year. Um, every chance of her being really, tuned up it, and ready it, to it deliver. Is very thing to, it's, sorry, sorry. This this tournament though, this part of the year is very very important to give to a fast start. If you look at people who've gone done well in the Australian Open, they've always had really good weeks. In the you know, obviously Djokovic doesn't play, so he's, he's an exception to the rule. 
But usually over history, someone who does well, you've got to come out the traps fast. You've got to be start. You can't be slow. You've got to go because you've only got a two week window before this, the first slam of the year starts. So coming out the traps is really, really fast here. So if you're looking at Ozaka, you, you know, she's 14 to one to win this tournament. She's only 14 to one to win the, the Australian Open. So if she did well here, she'd be half the price for the, for the Australian Open. But it, it, it is unlike any other major, isn't it? This time of year where two, 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 you've got two weeks. You've got to come out. You've got to win. You've got to get everything primed. You've got to get ready, and you've got to go. And you've got to be in great form. So, it it is. It probably does go with the form book in, in these tournaments here because usually a two fifty or a five hundred event, you, they get shocks. But there isn't many shocks in these tournaments because the players want to get back to match practice straight away. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know, especially for someone like Rebecca, who had a bit of a had a funny season last season because she had a few injuries and she got to the final Australian Open, obviously lost to Savalenka there. But, you know, I think she got COVID in Paris or some sort of illness. She was injured later on in the season, just niggling little injuries, which stopped her going as far as she she perhaps should have done. Um, she got in Canada, um, oh, she got destroyed by the schedule because there was rain and she ended up playing two matches in a day. And it just, things didn't work out for her. For her, this tournament is, she's had a rest. Hopefully she's back to full fitness. This is the tournament where she can really get going. You'd think. Um, she is in that bottom half, which looks far more difficult. Mm. Uh, and I think the odds do reflect that. Especially the one I'd be worried about. I mean, early on, she shouldn't have too many problems, but potentially in the semi-final, she'd had Lyudmila Samsonova or perhaps Mira Andreva. Um, Andreva and Samsonova actually play in the next round, which should be very interesting. Um, Samsonova's serve should serve her well, excuse the pun, uh, on this surface. Um, but Andreva was impressive. She beat Deanna Schneider 6-3, 6-2, I think it was, uh, in the early hours of this morning. So she's already passed her first test. I do have a bit of a doubt of Andreva against the really powerful hitters um, just yet. And she could do with adding some more power to her game. Um, she's very mobile. She's got all the shots, but she just lacks that power that the top few have. But as you said, she's only 17, so it will probably come. Um, I think it's a bit early for her just yet, but she's definitely got huge potential. But her match with Samsonov will be interesting. Um, if Samsonova and Rybakina meet in the semis, that would be interesting because Rybakina, bizarrely, has an 0-4 record against her, her fellow Russian. Um, it's almost like she's facing someone a bit too similar to herself, a very big server and a big, big uh, ground stroke hitter. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see Rybakina sort of get a good run here uh, and show that she's back to full fitness and back to form. And as you say, it's, it is important to to hit the ground running in these early tournaments. Totally agree with you on Andreeva. I think she's a player that uh, has a huge amount of potential and she's she's certain to be a, a major winner, but the market has gone absolutely crazy with her and the expectation on her young shoulders. We saw her at Wimbledon. She couldn't really live with it. She lost the plot, smashed the racket up, and I think it's a big year for her. So her and I'd be really interested to see how they bet that Samsonova-Andreeva match. If Samsonova is, a, is a, in these conditions is a plus money underdog i would i would love to i'd like to play that market very very heavily um let's have a look at the bottom half of the draw here uh we've done the top half of the draw we've got alexandra we've got uh, Sarina serena christia uh kenning samsonova as we mentioned 
Andriva, the, the market suggests it's going to be between her and Ribikina who makes the final, but I don't see that. We have Kudometova, a very uh, talented, who's good in these conditions. Ribikina, Mertens, Podopova, uh, a uh, player that I like. I think it might be a little bit too quick for her, but I think I, I quite like what I saw of her last year. It's difficult in that bottom half of the draw, but have you, um, have you sort of got anyone that you think might solve that puzzle who might come through that bottom half? It, it is tricky. It's very open. I mean, at the prices, I think, well, it's two that kind of stand out in the sort of 2000s. That's Veronica Kudometova, who when she's serving well, is, is, is tough to beat. And and the same can be said about Ekaterina Alexandrova, who on faster surfaces is a tough opponent, although she does have that sort of thing of getting to the quarters and maybe the semis and not going any further. Um, although I think she did win a tournament on grass where she beat Kudometova on, in the final. I think that was the one in, in, in the Netherlands, the Hertigen Bosch, I think it was. Um, but yeah, if Rebakina is 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 on her game, she comes through. But what's the price? Plus four fifty. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a little short for my liking because she will she will be tested. I mean, she will get. I mean, she's likely to get either Elise Mertens or Sloane Stevens in round two. I mean, she, her first round match should be very easy against one of the Australians, Kimberly Burrell or Olivia Gadechki. She sh that should be a fairly easy loosener, opener for her. Then possibly Mertens, then Kudometova in the quarterfinals, and then probably Samsonova in the semis or Andreva in the semis. It's not the easiest of routes through compared to Sabalenka's path in, in the top half. So, Rory, where's the money going? <laughs> where's the bet? What are we doing? I think Sabalenka's a bet, you know. I, I, I don't usually like you know, outright price is so short, but plus 200, I think she's a bet because she should have a fairly easy path through to the final. And whoever's in the final, I, I'd, I'd expect her to win. I just expect her to win this. I think she will be tuned up. Obviously, she's lost her number one world ranking. She's got quite a few ranking points on the line here, of course, because she won. Adelaide won the corresponding tournament last year. So it's an important tournament for her to win, um, and especially ahead of the defence of her Australian Open title. Um, I think she's, at, even at plus 200, I, I think she's a bet. From the bottom half, it's tricky. It's really tricky. I, maybe I just have a small each way on, on Kudometova at plus 2200, because she has... On these faster surfaces, and when she's serving well, she is difficult to beat. And, okay, she, she will probably face Rebakina in the quarterfinals. That could be close because, as I said, when she's serving well, she is a formidable player. And I think she's just overpriced. I mean, I think Rebakina is the most likely player to get through from the bottom half. Um, but her price is just too short. And then there's a possibility of Samsonovu in the semifinals. That's tricky. Whereas Kudometova at a much bigger price, I think maybe you'll get a run for your money. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, Rory, but there's the draw. And there is Sabalenka v Kudometova in the final from Sealy. No, yeah, you're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Sabalenka <laughs> wins it. 
So there you go. The first tour at the end, we both agree. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good I don't know if that's good. We'll let you know next week. But Sabalenka yes. you go back to back to almost obviously the different venues here. She did the business for us last year. She's gonna come in hot. She's you know, I, this is a tournament where people will turn around and say to you, at the start of the year, you might want to face some favorites. I went through all the statistics on the favorites in these first two tournaments. You actually don't. You actually it, it's no. No, there's no value either way, really. Um, there's no advantage to be a, a favourite better or a, or a, or an underdog better. Here. Shocks do not happen here because everyone has to get off. You know, there's more shocks in the, t- the week before a, a, the French Open or the week before Wimbledon, where people are coming towards the end of it. They try, don't want to exert themselves too much, but they want to play tennis here. They want to have match tennis. So, it's it, what surprise to go to the form book here. So Sabalenka is our first pick of the year to win the tournament in Brisbane. Um, there's going to be a, a one unit. Was it one unit pick? Uh, Rory on, on Sabalenka. So, yeah, start off small. One I think so. On Zabalenka to win at the tournament. She's the favourite, and uh, she's a worthy favourite in the WTA 500 event in Brisbane. Now we have another short price favourite. It looks very hard to oppose across in Auckland, where we go to a WTA 250 event this week, and that is the US Open champion, Corey Goff. Now, let's give you the betting here. Corey Goff is plus 130 to win the tournament. Svitolina is $6.00. Buzkova is 750, Pavlichenko 11, Wozniacki is 12, Navarro 14, Marty is 18, Blinkerburn 22, and Wang is also 22 to 1. Before we break down the draw, Rory, it's going to be similar conditions here as it is in, in Brisbane, or, or is it court speed a little bit slower? Uh, should be similar. Um, I think Auckland was uh, one of the quickest last year. Uh, it, was, it was certainly quick enough. I mean, looking at my list... It's slightly, oh, almost identical to, right. to, to Adelaide one last year. So it will be similar. It will be quick, certainly quick enough for the, I, I, mean, I did watch some of the, the qualifiers, this one as well. And yeah, it's, it's quick enough. And again, you know, there aren't so many big hitters here as, as in, you know, all the, most of the big names with Brisbane. Coco Goff's the main big name here. Um, you do have some very interesting wildcards, though. Um, Emma Raducanu, this is yeah, her first gonna, tournament gonna, since mention April. Emma yeah, yeah. Um, Amanda and, and, and Anisimova, she returns. She took a mental health break in May. This is her first tournament back. And Caroline Wozniacki, she's a wildcard as well. Although uh, they had a bit of a laugh at the draw because Wozniacki's facing Alina Svitolina in mm. the first round. Um, and they're Combined the second oldest ever in the, in the <laughs> history of the WJ. Yeah, it, it's just the way it worked out, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, it's a, a bit of a shame. And then the winner of that probably plays Raducanu in round two. So mm. that's in the bottom half. In the top half, Coco Goff is, that's a she should, I mean, she should win this easily. I mean, it's her, it's, I can't see anyone giving her trouble. I mean, her route quarterfinal, possibly Vavara Gracheva, who is useful on her day. In the semifinals, possibly Emma Navarro, who's the fourth seed. She had a really good end of last year. Um, she won the Charleston um, Challenger. It was either the W100. It was either the ITF W100. I think it was ITF W100. She won that at a canter. Um, and so she's up to sort of mid-30s in the world. Um, possibly Petra Martic in the semifinals. Um, and then looking at the bottom half, you've got Svitolina or Wozniacki or Raducanu. I mean, I'm not expecting anything from Raducanu yet. Would you, would you, would um, you um, just just before we just go move from Raducanu, she plays a uh, qualifying ruse in the first round. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how you price this up because 
uh, you know, there's going to be an immediate ascension. I mean, I, I'll be quite tempted to fade Raducanu in round one here if if we can get a nice price on Ruzel. I don't know what your thoughts on Raducanu are on that one. Yeah, I mean, she's had a lengthy absence. She's had injuries, you know, wrist wrist injuries always tricky. I mean, Von Drosova came back from a wrist injury to win Wimbledon, which is incredible. Uh, one of my favourites, Karolina Mukova, she's sidelined with a wrist injury at the moment. She misses the Australian Open, which is a real shame. Um, wrist injuries got Laura Robson. She had wrist injuries and had to retire. Um, hopefully the same fate won't befall Raducanu. We just hadn't seen since that incredible US Open triumph in 2021. We haven't seen the best of her. Um, she's had coaching changes, injuries, and I think I said at the time on, <laughs> to some people on Twitter, you know, the demands of the WTA tour are pretty intense and it's clear they've taken her, their toll on her and players have started to work her out. US Open, she was this unknown quantity. She came from nowhere and she won it. Um, you could see in the year after that players started to work her out and what had served her so well at the Flushing Meadows just didn't really work anywhere else. Um, it's a really interesting year for Raducanu. Um, can she get back to winning tournaments? I, I'm not sure because I, I just think women's tennis is as strong as it's been for such a long time with the returns of players like Osaka and Kerber. Svitolina last year made a really good comeback. Sviontek, Sabalenka, Rybakina. There's so much strength there. It's going to be difficult to win tournament just yeah. with the, the talent at the top of the game. Um, if Roos is a price, because she has played well in the qualifiers, in England, um, she's taken a couple of good names. Um, so she's playing well. Um, yeah, if we can get a nice price, I'd definitely be tempted by that. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how that price up there market head to the Betra's website and see. But let's have a look at the outer market. Goff is in the top half of the draw, as Rory said, a very, very easy route through to the final. Uh, Gretchiva, Navarro, uh, Barry and Martic. I mean, that is really easy. No. Really. The bottom half of the draw is a little bit tougher. You might look some each very valued. You've got Wang, you've got um, Tuzarenka, you've got Busakova, um, Svidalina, Wozniacki, Raducanu. Um, it's 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 a, a very, very winnable tournament for Goff, and I don't see any way that she, she doesn't at least make the final. Um, just her price is plus 130 to win this tournament. Now, a lot of people might look at that plus 130 and think, I'm not going to bet players to win the tournament first week of the year at plus 130. I think, really, if it, if this was, her name was Igor Svontek in this draw, Igor Svontek would probably be starting around about minus 150. Um, I think at plus money, I think anything above plus money, Goff is a, Goff is a bet here. If you worked out her route to the final mathematically, say she was like minus 2,000, minus 2,000, there odds, you would you would get around about even money here. Um, and I think it's just because it's the first tournament of the year. People are a little bit worried that there may be some problems or she might go easy. But Goff is on a roll. She's the highest paid woman in, in sports at the moment. She's um, she's she's going to be a, a, a bit, going to have another, going to win another major, I think, next year. And she's she's on a mission. She's getting better and better. So I think plus one thirty in hindsight could look a massive price. So we're going for golf as well. Yeah, and I, I want to make that a two point bet. I mean, yeah. I think the prices only just came up just before we started this, and I have to say I thought she'd be odds on. Yeah, I really thought she'd be she'd be minus money. Um, so I think plus one thirty is a bet, and it's a two point bet because there's. I mean, the bottom half. There are better players in there 
and we've mentioned Svitolina Wozniacki and Raducanu. Um, Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, she's on the comeback trail after mm. lots of injuries. Um, she's useful, but there's no one in there apart from those sort of bottom four matches of the draw, sort of the bottom quarter. There's a few players in there, but I still can't see them troubling Goff. No. Um, I mean, Goff. I mean, she, Goff has a little has had a little bit of upheaval because her coach Pera Reba, she split with her in the sort of October. Um, he he went back to Spain, I think, and uh, it's personal reasons. Um, so, but she's still got Brad Gilbert with her. She's obviously unlocked something. She went from you know having a pretty ordinary first half of last year, apart from the win in Auckland, of course. Um, pretty ordinary sort of Wimbledon and then after that just suddenly winning everything almost and and so there was a big change there I, I think she can carry that forward and winning, and winning becomes she should habit. have little once you, absolutely once you winning, I can't you keep winning I can't see it I, I think she starts the season yeah. strong and, and continues where she left off I think plus 130 is a great price yep I agree if you were looking for someone who she would meet in the final who's your pick because I've gone for golf and I've gone for uh, who I think we meet in the final. See if we, we see if we get the same finalists in both tournaments. Who have you gone for? Who do you think she'll beat in the final? Tricky. Um, if I had to pick someone from the bottom half, it would be Pavlia Jankova. Um, wow. She's plus 1,100. You haven't got her as well, have you? Gone for Wozniacki. I've gone for Wozniacki. Are you gone for Wozniacki? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Wozniacki to meet her in the final, but I think Goff wins. I tell you a bit, I do like though. I mean, and, it's, and I don't know if you want to put it up as a small, maybe a half point bet as well. I think the doubles are good, bet six to one. The Sabalenka Goff double, the parlay. Let's go Ooh. all in. We just, I think the parlay's. <laughs> I think the parlay's. I think the parlay's a cracking bet. Six six to one. Just under. I think it's yeah. Just plus plus. Yeah, it would be. Plus, yeah, I think, I think that's an absolute cracking bet. So we're going to go for two favors. Roy doesn't want to go for the parlay, but I would suggest that if you want to have a little small pound, the parlay, go yeah. for that. We've got, we've got Sabalenka and we've got Goff. They are the form horses. You tend to find the form does go in the first couple of weeks in the, in this season because everyone wants to come into the Australian Open at the peak of their their, their form and get some matches under their belt. So, And Goff and Sabalenka are, are definitely the two we like here, uh, given their routes to the final. And if you get to the final, you can hedge it if you want to hedge it. But hedging is for gardens, remember that. Um, just <laughs> one other thing before we go, Rory. Um, looking for some players. If you, some a couple of names for 2024, if someone's watching this, looking for someone who can have a breakthrough year, someone you would advise at a not necessarily going to win a tournament, but someone you should keep an eye on for match betting purposes or in the WTA. Someone you think, oh, she's, I, I like what I saw of her last year and she's going to have a breakthrough. Yeah, I I think, well, not someone who's going to have a breakthrough, but I've mentioned her a couple of times already, but I, I do think Naomi Osaka is a player to watch and and I, I have backed her for the Australian Open at around sort of 20 to 1. Um I just think the way she was before her break, when she was on her game, she was almost unbeatable. So if she can recapture that, I think she'll be challenging. I mean, I don't expect her to be challenging at the French Open or at Wimbledon because she's never shown much form in either before. But on in the Australian Open and US Open, she's she's possibly, maybe not in the Australian Open, but we'll see how the year goes. Um, but she could be the woman to beat at the US Open. Um, I, I really think now she seems more happier with herself. I, I think she could be, you know, 
someone to keep the right side of them from in in the majors at least and i think and the american swing when we get indian wells and miami she's always performed pretty well there as well so yeah she's won there apart from that it's difficult i mean most of them are they've kind of shown their colors haven't they yeah and draver last season we saw what a talent she she is Linda Noskova started out well and then faded a bit. So she's in Brisbane. Maybe she can have a strong start to the tournament, um, a strong start to her season. Um, that would be good to see her get back some form. You've got the Frivertiva sisters, Linda and Brenda. Again, Linda really tailed off last season. Brenda has shown a lot of good form of late. Um, Taylor Linda last season, she played a few challenge, played, played a few ITF tournaments on clay. Um, I think she was down in South America. She won one of those tournaments. Um, I think she's still only 16, but but she is a player to watch. Um, aside from that, I, I you know I think it is going to be the usual suspects. I think we've got you know we've got we've kind of been talking about the big three. Um, we were talking about the big three for a little bit last season. Fiontek, Sabalenka, Rybak, and obviously Goff has joined them now. Um, and then you still get get the likes of Ostapenko who can turn it on when she feels like it. Krzykova can cause a surprise, Barbara Krzykova, when she's fit. I mean, she was struggling with fitness last season. So um, Jess Pegula is steady. I mean, actually, although she she was defeated by Katie Bolter. Well, she was one of the, in the she United was one Cup. of the players that I'm going to mention. I was going to I was I think Katie Bolter. I, the, the reason I mention this is because Bet Rivers had a special. And they, it's, it's down off the website now. Hopefully they'll put it back up. And it shows you, it, you could bet players to finish in the top 50, top 35, top 60. And they had Katie Bolter to finish in the top 50 of the year. And I really thought she's going to have a good year. I watched her a couple of times last year. I watched her at the, um, at the US Open and she played an epic match. And she was full of confidence. She had a really good end of the season. She started off fast. She, she'll pick up ranking points. And I think Katie Bolter could break into the top 30 in the world. I think she's that good. And she's beat Jess Pegula. And the other one I liked was uh, Potapova. I mentioned her before. I thought I watched her in Miami. And um, she looks someone who I think will, will cause big problems in slower surfaces. Um, she's, she, she's got a game. But Katie Bolter is definitely someone who I think will have a fit. Hopefully, the Bet Rivers will put that back up on the website. If you check out the website, you'll be able to see those specials there. But they, they were top 30, top 40, top 70. Uh, and to make like the top 100. And there were some really, really interesting players in them. But uh, unfortunately, by the time recording, they've taken that market down. Hopefully it goes back up. But uh, there's some insights, Rory. Um, great to talk to you, mate. Really, really enjoyable and stuff. Let's hope we get off to uh, a winning start like we did last year. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we might be coming on here. Look, we, we give you the value. The value might not sometimes be 100 to 1 or 66 to 1. The value might be plus 130. If you make something even money, it's plus 130. It's value. And that's what we're trying to do here. Sabalenka and Goff certainly do look the value plays and probably fairly the obvious plays as well. But the sometimes that is the value as well. Um, remember, you can subscribe to our channel, uh, Betting Weekly Studios on YouTube. Please give us a like, a, a review and a subscribe on there. Thank you very much for everybody who has subscribed. Hopefully we get some more action and more new people coming in for the tennis. Tell your friends, share this show, and let it go out there and let everyone know what we're doing here at uh, the Bet Rivers Network. And also you can uh, follow us on our socials on Twitter and on Instagram at Because We Win. There you'll see all the content, not only from the tennis, but also from the soccer world as well. It's a rest week in the Premier League this weekend with the FA Cup, but uh, the Champions League is coming up to some really juicy stages of the season and the soccer 
soccer all across Europe is really hotting up over the next few months. So you better get all the brilliant content from our soccer handicappers on there. Uh, last thing I'll say, Rory, have a very happy New Year. It's New Year's Eve here, a few hours to go for 2023. Um, I wish you all the very best, mate, for the year. Have a very healthy and happy 2024. And that's the same to all of your viewers as well. Thank you very much. Wish you all a happy new year. Uh, take care. And uh, we'll be back next week here on Betting Weekly WTA, previewing the action. I think it's still in Australia. It's Adelaide and it's in Hobart, isn't it? So hopefully we can head there with a couple of favourite wins in the bag. Take care, everyone, and all the very best.